there's so many things that I think women are always like planning and thinking ahead and just that mental load that you mentioned. And so if this can help, then I, then we're, we're happy. Right. Cause I think there's a lot of talk about foreplay and like the, the during and the before, but not a lot of talk about the after. Cause that part is not sexy. to another episode. This is this is a fun one. I always like our sex tech episodes and I'm very happy to have with me Frances Tang. She is the founder, CEO, and Captain Awkward of Awkward Essentials and one of the first inventors that we've had on the show. So thank you for being here. And I would love to hear just a little bit about how you came up with the concept for your company. And maybe you could just sort of intro what 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 it is for the audience. Thank you, Melanie. Super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So Awkward Essentials is a hygiene company and our goal is to build solutions for those things that we do in the bathroom where we shut the door and don't want anyone to know about, but we're all doing them. And so the whole goal is to open up that conversation and just make it known that everyone is doing that same thing that you probably think is weird. And so the product that I created is called Dripstick. And Dripstick is an after-sex cleanup sponge that absorbs all the excess fluids internally from the vaginal canal after sex. And I came up with it because it was a personal problem. I am married and I have a husband. And every time we had sex, like I would run to the bathroom and be sitting on the toilet for like 10 minutes and like wiping and wiping. Then I would go to bed. And then the next morning, there'd be stuff that like leaked out overnight into my underwear. And just, I personally did not, did not like that. And so I thought there must be a solution for this, right? Cause there's plenty of people who are on birth control in committed relationships, potentially trying to get pregnant. And so I can't be the only one that just is bothered by this particular feeling. And every time I would look for a solution on the internet, um, I, I couldn't find one. I was led to these really dark forums like on Reddit or Yahoo Answers where people are recommending using a sex towel or an old t-shirt or baby wipes, which is an incredible solution for the outside. But for me, the issue was internal, right? Like I wanted to solve the problem at the source. It is inside and I did not like it. Surprise leaking out later. And so the way that I came up with this product, the inspiration was baking. Um, I, I love baking. I love baking cakes. And so in the kitchen, there's this tool called a rubber spatula. You use it to like scrape cake batter out of a bowl, scrape like sauces out of jars and whatever. And so every time I would scrape cake batter out of a bowl, I would think to myself, wow, it would be great if I had a spatula for my vagina so I could just get everything out in one fell swoop 
and not have to deal with it later. And so that idea evolved. It's not, it is not a spatula, but it evolved into a medical grade sponge with a handle. And so because the sponge is very porous, it's inserted and it absorbs everything almost instantaneously, very quickly. And then it's removed so that whoever's using it myself doesn't have to deal with all that dripping and leaking later at who knows when. Yeah. It's like a swizzle stick kind of, right? Yes. yes. Get there and swish it around and then you're all done. And is it disposable or do you reuse them? It is disposable just for hygiene purposes. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's great because I, have a background in tech and venture capital. And I remember someone saying that the solutions for women are going to be the next frontier of venture capital because so many venture capitalists and so many entrepreneurs have traditionally been men. And so there are solutions for male problems, but not so much for female problems. So I love that. I love that you spent the, the research time of saying there's got to be something out here for this, right? There's got to be a solution. And then just spending time after time. And when you said the word old t-shirt, I just cringed because, you know, it do- that doesn't sound very sanitary. And I, I feel protective of my pussy. <laughs> I feel protective of that whole region. And just, you know, I've had UTIs, I've had bacterial infections, and I feel very uh, sensitive about what goes on and in my vajayjay. And so I really love the, yeah, the medical grade sponge. And just, it feels like, it feels like an inviting solution um, to an interesting problem that, you know, you mentioned the thing of going in the bathroom and shutting the door and the things that we're all doing. And, and one thing that I, I really like and wanted to ask you about was it does feel like there's a certain way that this conversation um, can provoke shame right? Anything having to do, I think anything having to do with sex and sexuality can provoke shame, but even just bodily functions. I think we all have this image of like, oh, we can't talk about that. Like who talks about that? Right. And so I'm so curious, you know, in your life and your world as the CEO of this company of Awkward Essentials, you're having these conversations all the time. So I was just wondering, like, has that affected your relationship with shame? Have you noticed that you're more shameless or that you kind of graduated to a new level after just making this your world? I mean, what is that like to have this be your company? So I think for most of my life, I've been relatively honest and I personally am a big fan of humor as just an incredible way to break the ice. And so when I first started pitching this product, it was actually during um, an accelerator. I pitched it just the way in which you would pitch any product, any company, think about the tech world. So with like statistics and how big the market is, and it was terrible. I mean, people were upset. There were some people who were like awkwardly laughing at me, not with me. And there was others who just, I just remember their faces like shocked and probably thinking, what is this? This girl's insane. Like, what is she talking about? And so over the course of that accelerator, I shifted the narrative to myself, which was never the goal, right? Like my goal was not to become the face of the cum sponge on the internet, but I found that just talking about it personally, like, Hey, this is something that 
I go through, I don't like it. And if you don't like it, cool, here's a solution. If you do like it, that's totally fine because there are people who like it, but I don't. So, and I have a husband. And so I created this thing and that narrative has carried us through. I mean, it's, that's our branding. That's the story we leverage. It's not that you need this product. It's not that you're dirty. The vagina is absolutely self-cleaning. It's simply for your own, your own comfort and your own confidence. And so you, that is a very interesting observation. You are totally right. I think just in moving forward with this company, having to be more shame free and confident about what we're doing because sex in itself is so taboo. It's so controversial. Everyone has opinions on it combined with the internet. Like there's just so much coming at you all the time, but we as a company are almost going beyond sex. We're talking about this other thing that you absolutely never see in movies. You don't see in porn, you don't read about in books. And so it's almost like we're, I guess, more, more taboo than sex. And so because we're there, we have so many strong opinions. So I've really had to just, I guess, come to terms with that. All PR is good PR. And no matter what people are saying, they're bringing attention to us. And I realized that as a company, this is one of those things where a lot of people are not going to raise their hand and say like, yes, my husband comes in me and I don't like it. But we do have so many silent supporters that will DM us and email us and incredibly kind customers who tell us like, I thought there was something wrong with me because no one's ever talked about this, right? Or I was hesitant to have sex because it bothered me so much or I planned my days and like my exercise routine around when I would have sex because I didn't want to leak out when I went for a run or when I was doing yoga. And so all these interesting, incredible stories have come out just by us starting that conversation first. Um, so it's been incredibly rewarding despite me having to talk about my sex life everywhere. Well, yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm wondering, you know, that shift that you mentioned at the beginning of, of pitching right? Pitching sort of the, the technical or the statistical elements versus the story element. What did, did you find that there was a difference in the response you were getting from funders and from other, other people in the room once you shifted to sort of the story? What, what, what happened? So when I shifted to the story, just a personal story, what I found was that I offended the least number of people in the room. I mean, I'm sure there's still always someone who is offended by the existence of the product or what I'm saying, but it felt like those who also experienced the same issue or weren't comfortable with it could kind of like silently nod their head and be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, like absolutely. And just go check it out. And those who don't experience it or it doesn't bother them. They can just say like, oh, this girl's hilarious. No idea what she's talking about, but it's fine. And so that's kind of the way in which I felt like we've gotten around the whole statistical thing. Because when it was pitching statistics and market sizes, I think the audience felt acu- like it felt accusatory for whatever reason, because it has to do with sex. Like, oh no, I don't do that. Like, I don't, I don't let my, I don't let my partner do that. And I'm like, really? Cause you have kids. So it's just, it's just the way in which it's framed and communicated. <laughs> like that part about the kids. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because if you're, it, it is a certain demographic of people that are having sex where, um, like having heterosexual sex where the man is coming inside 
her vagina versus sex with a condom. Or I know a number of my women friends use the pullout method. So much of the month they're, they're pulling out um, or the whole month, actually they're, they're pulling out the whole time and they're just not having sex for a certain portion of the month or using condoms. So it's a specific percentage of people, but if you extrapolate out, it's actually millions of people that are in that demographic, right? It's just a specific subset. And, um, you know, you mentioned, like, I guess I'm curious to hear about how word of the product spread. Did you find that it was a lot of women telling other women about it or how did it sort of take off? So it took off. So I was, I, I had my product. I was in my parents' house, like every founder and I had this product and I thought, okay, well now I have to see if people are willing to pay money. Do they understand it? And so initially people did not understand how the product worked, right? Because I'm trying to change a habit. I'm trying to change the way people have always done a certain thing, which is use a baby wipe or a towel or an old t-shirt. And so, I mean, there was people in my accelerator who misunderstood the product and thought it was a wipe the entire time or thought it was some kind of suction machine to like remove it. It was just very hard to shift those perceptions. And so what I ended up doing was creating, well, I looked for an anatomically correct, um, vagina on Amazon and it was really expensive and I could not afford it. And so I used a Twinkie to create like a gift to just like a Twinkie is cream filled. Right. And I come from the food industry. I love food and baking obviously. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll just kind of use this, like demonstrate how it works on the website, hack together a website. And then what happened is a writer from the Huffington post in UK, found the website. I think I was just trying to get feedback. Like, Hey, what do you think? Do you understand this? She found the website. She published an article and this was just a couple of days after it went live. And we essentially accidentally launched in the UK. So that week there was like 30 articles and I was getting all these emails and all these like messages and customer service tickets. And I wasn't even shipping to the UK. I was just shipping out of my parents' house. I just wanted to see if people would buy this thing. I thought if I was lucky, I'd be able to sell maybe like 10 in the month, but we got this influx of people and I had to have a packing party at my parents' house to just fill all these orders. And I was getting emails and they're like, we have sex in the UK too. Like, why don't you ship here? And I'm like, I don't know if you, I'm by myself, like in my parents' house, like I'm flattered that you think we're this massive company, but we're not. I'm just trying to proof of concept, right? It's an invention. And so that was kind of how we accidentally launched in the UK. And from there, we did more traditional methods of marketing. We raised VC funding, which we're very, I'm very grateful that we were able to because of the nature of the product. And from there, we've been growing, but a lot of it is word of mouth. I mean, we do have so many customers that are like, I tell my girlfriends, or I wish I could shout this in the rooftops, but I can't, but I tell everyone that I can at work. And so it's, um, it's a lot of word of mouth and a lot of, we do traditional marketing as well. So can we just talk about how awesome it is that you just cut the end off a Twinkie and we're like, let's do this thing. <laughs> That's really great. And, and you know, you mentioned, uh, the, the actual protocol. I'm wondering, do people keep the swizzle sticks next to their bed? And then right after sex, they sort of just stick one up there and swish it around or do they wait? Or like, what is the actual procedure? 
Right. So a lot of people keep them in the bathroom. A lot of people keep them next to the bed. We're very clear. Like you have to wait for the cum to kind of be at the base of the vaginal canal, right? It's a sponge. So it needs something to absorb against. And so when I say excess fluids, I mean like ejaculate, like there has to be cum in there. It's not, we're not talking about lube. Um, we have had some use cases where some women get too wet. And so they'll use it like before or during, which is a really interesting use case. But we always say like, once it's at the base, then you can insert. So whether it's right when you're done or in a few minutes, that's what we recommend for most comfort. Okay. So you recommend waiting, probably waiting a few minutes then, and then doing it. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, every session is a little bit different. So it's really just like knowing and feeling and understanding your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned, um, that you also partner with LMFTs with, uh, family therapists and I would imagine GYNs as well. Do you partner with GYNs and could you speak a little bit to what they're recommending and how? So we have had a lot of marriage and family therapists reach out to us and just say that they have been recommending the product um, because it's something that they hear, right? I mean, we have customers that reach out and say like, yeah, we are actually now having more sex because I myself or my partner does not have to worry about the cleanup. And so it's been just an incredibly awesome thing to hear from our community. And then we do have several gynecologists that have like weighed in that have done videos about us, happy to send some articles where they're quoted their opinions. I just don't want to like misquote an opinion from someone else. Well, I, what I like about that too, is that it's, you know, we were talking a little bit before this about mental load and it, I am, I would imagine that for some women, it's not something they've necessarily consciously thought about, but it's like, oh, if we have sex, like I'm going to have to clean up. I might have to wash the sheets again. I just washed them yesterday or just the, the, the mental load of just this additional thing, just taking that away can make it feel more appealing and smoother and easier and just more fun and, and brighter. Right. And it's inspiring to me to hear from actual you know, therapists that are working with couples that are hearing, yeah, this made a difference in our sex life because I think that couples can use every advantage (laughs) that they can get, you know? (laughs) And and, um, is that true for you as well? Do you remember when you first sort of started using it, were you like, wow, this is a lot better. I'm enjoying sex more because of this. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because who actually likes washing the sheets or like the cold, wet spot or like worrying. I like, I remember sitting at work and you're like, Oh my gosh, is my period here? Like I feel something when you like run to the bathroom and it's actually not your period it's come. And just, there's, there's so many things that I think women are always like planning and thinking ahead and just that mental load that you mentioned. And so if this can help, then I, then we're, we're happy. Right. Cause I think there's a lot of talk about foreplay and like the, the during and the before, but not a lot of talk about the after. Cause that part is not sexy. Like we, we are not a sexy company. We're a very utilitarian company. I think you're a sexy company. I think, I think you, could, you can be sexy and utilitarian. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, in terms of the, um, the reach, you know, who it's reaching, we were talking a little bit about a little bit about this before as well, but, you know, some of your customers are men, right? Men that are in partnership and they've maybe heard their partner talking about how annoying it is or what a hassle it is to, to clean up or yeah, the wet spot, for example. Um, 
how is it going with men ordering the product for their partners or what have you noticed about that as a trend and what should men know? So we've noticed that a large portion of our customer base is men purchasing for their female partners, which is, is incredible. I think it's so, I think it's so thoughtful. It's so forward thinking. Um, we do notice that some will purchase for their partners without telling them, um, which I think it's an incredibly sweet gesture, right? Like you hear your partner is bothered by something and you'd like to fix it, but just caveat that it is kind of, it's a sensitive topic. It's a sensitive area like insertion. And so it's recommended to kind of send the website to your partner first. So like she has an idea and can give it the okay. Um, but in some cases it's gone really well. Like men have surprised their partners with this and they're like, Oh, thanks. Um, so it really just depends, I think on how open you both are like about talking about something like this or that it's bothered you. Cause on the flip side, we've had men who have no idea that this is an issue in the first place. Yeah. I'm curious. Have you, have you had, have you had, you know, people writing in about that where they, they got it to, to start using and their, and the woman's partner was like, Oh, what's that? You know, what that had no idea about the, the issue. Yeah. So we have had, so we've had like all of these. So we have had men purchase for their partners and their partners are like, Oh, she loves like, and come back to us and say, my partner loves them. Awesome. Thank you. We've had men purchase for their partners without telling them and say like, uh, she kind of got upset. Like, can I return this? Which you absolutely can. Um, and then vice versa. We have had women who purchase for themselves and tell us like, yeah, my, husband had no idea that this was something I was doing in the bathroom. Like he just wasn't aware, right? Like you have to go to the bathroom to pee to prevent UTIs, but just this other portion. I mean, if you've never communicated it. So the really cool thing that we are seeing is because women are purchasing this product for themselves, it's actually opening up this conversation with their partners about other things that like they are doing or other things that might bother them or that they might have to like think about in advance that they not otherwise would have never communicated. And so it's just, it's been a really cool way to see these conversations happening, whether it's on the internet in our comment section, which are kind of a dumpster fire, but very entertaining or like between couples. Okay. Since you mentioned the dumpster fire, I mean, I, a sex tech company is going to get everybody weighing in and I'm wondering, do you have any, like, what are the more entertaining dumpster fire comments or things that have happened to you that are memorable? So we have a haterade wall in our office where we print out the mean comments and emails that we get. Um, for the most part, they're overwhelmingly supportive. We do leverage a lot of humor in our branding because we like it to break that ice. Um, I mean, something that we do see fairly often, which is kind of like a testament to the lack of sex education in the U.S. is like, oh, just pee it out. And it's coming from women. And so we try to clarify, you know, like it's a different hole. Like you pee out of your urethra. That's not where he's putting it. He's putting it in not, you know, that's not, it's a different hole entirely. And so we do see that comment a lot. We get a lot of opinions 
so many opinions on whether this is necessary or whether it's even real. A lot of people, we get DMs every day, people asking us if the product is real or if the company is real. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I find that a little bit entertaining because it just seems so straightforward to me, actually. Like this, this is very, very logical and I'm surprised it hasn't existed before, but I also think that's a sort of a a testament to what we were talking about before of, you know, I think there's, there's huge opportunity in women's products and women's experience because it's just starting to be included in the wider culture, you know, you know, now, right. Like this past century. So it's, there's a ton of opportunity and it's not exactly a gold rush, but I think that it's, it's exciting. And the, fact that you accidentally launched in the UK and immediately got a lot of interest sort of speaks to, yeah, when you're solving a real problem that real people have, you're, you tend to do really well. And I remember when I was in the tech space, that was often of, you'd watch pitches and say to yourself, is that a, is that a real problem that people really (laughs) have? Right. Or did you, or not again, you know, whereas this is extremely straightforward and it's also simple. This is the one problem that we solve. And I'm curious um, if you're sort of just in the stage of we're just doing this, or do you have a vision for expanding? And if so, what is that? So we do want to expand our product line. I'm very excited. Our intention is not to be a sex company. We get that a lot though, which is completely understandable because our product addresses something that is the result of sex, but it's not, it's not a pleasure product, right? So we don't have goals to go into the pleasure product category. I would like to continue with other like awkward crotch care kind of things. Like I can't tell you how many times I've taken a pair of tweezers to my crotch to like dig out an ingrown hair or like whatever is happening down there. And all this stuff that's just happening in the bathroom where you don't really tell anyone about, but you're doing it and you're picking or squeezing or whatever it is. And so my goal is to focus in the crotch area, like kind of own crotch care as category and then go from there. I love that own crotch care as a category. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. So, um, as we start to wrap up here, I'm wondering where can people find the product and can you give a sense of how many, I'm calling them swizzle sticks. I don't know if there's a better term. (laughs) How many drip sticks do you get in a packet and et cetera? And do people order them monthly? What's the, like, what's the deal? Yeah. So we can be found at awkwardessentials.com. All of our social handles are awkward essentials. Um, Check out our TikTok. I think it's pretty entertaining. I'm biased, of course. And so we currently sell a sample pack of three. So in case you're not sure, you can try them. And then we also have packs of 10, 20, and 69. Um, And the 69s go very well, which I'm super happy for everyone who can go through a 69 pack. It's incredible. I aspire to be at that level. Um, and we do have subscription in case it's something that people are interested in. Okay, perfect. So awkward essentials, just Google it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hey guys, I mentioned my sex research a few times during this episode and just wanted to remind you that I actually have a streaming course available based on my sex research called Please Her in Bed, a course for men designed by women. You can find that on my website, melaniecurtain.com under courses. And if you use promo code DEARMEN, that's all one word, DEARMEN, you will get the course dropped from $97 to $69.